For our scripture reading this morning, turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm 87. This will also serve as my text, so if you have a marker, you can put it there. Psalm 87. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. This man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. As well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. And all my springs are in thee. I invite you this morning to turn with me in your Bibles back to Psalm 87. This psalm or song, the Bible said, is for the sons of Korah. And I purposely didn't read that into it because I want you to, I wanted to take some time to point out that to you. You can actually read the title of this psalm right into the inspired words of what he says. We could, without damage, interpret this song this way. A song for miserable men. Think about that. And so I chose to title the message this morning, A Song for Sinners Spared. Korah, along with Dathan and Abiram, fell under the judgment of God and was swallowed up in the earth in a divine and immediate act of God's wrath. He opened up the earth and swallowed them up and their cattle and their wives and instantly. Challenging the, the very authority of God, the appointment of God, of Moses. They challenged it. And Moses said, everybody that's on the Lord's side, gather here. Everybody's on their side, go over there. And so they did. But he tells us in Numbers 26.11, if you want to read that account a little later on today, in Numbers 26.11, he tells us that the sons of Korah died not. Well, that's good news. If you were a son of Korah, it was good news. They died not. God spared them as he did some of the sons of Adam. 
Adam sinned. And by the offense of one, judgment fell upon all men unto condemnation, but God spared some. He spared some. He spared them because He made provision for them. God had a place in the typical worship of that day for the sons of Korah. They came, he, they were appointed singers and they came in and sang in the house of God. The sons of Korah. He spared them because He made provision for them and His Son and He spared them because they were chosen to salvation in Christ. He spared them because He loved them and because He would be merciful to them and save them for the glory of His great name. This is the song, a song, for poor, miserable men. It just is. It is. Spared by the grace of God. You ever think about yourself? Being spared? I'd be fully just if you t- if he took you out immediately, just like he did Cora, Dathan, and Abiah. And let me consider the plight of my own family. Let me go back into my own history and examine the records. And out of the hundreds of which the records show to be my ancestors, how many have been spared? Only a remnant. Only a remnant. How many have found mercy and grace in the eyes of the Lord? Just a remnant. But oh, thank God, there was a remnant. There was a remnant. Paul's heart was broken as he saw his kinsmen being swallowed up in the wrath just like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram because they went contrary to God. But he rejoiced as he thought on the election of God and he said, even so at this present time there remaineth a remnant. According to the election of grace there remains a remnant. And as the Lord said to Elijah, I reserve to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal even so, there is yet today a remnant who will not bow to false gods. And here's a song for the sons of Korah, the sons of proud rebels, the sons of miserable men. And it's the very hope and reason for rejoicing for every sinner who's saved by the grace of God. Nobody else could sing this song. Huh? Men try, don't they? They try based on their own worthiness and self-righteousness and all of these things, their religious actions. They try to sing this song, but they can't sing it. This is a song for the sons of Korah. And the song has six verses. In the first verse, he sings of a foundation. The hymn writer wrote years ago, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. 
She is a new creation by water and the Word. From heaven He came and sought her to be His holy bride, and with His own blood He bought her, and for her life He died. And it doesn't just say there is a foundation. Look at it again. His, whose? The sons of Korah. His foundation. It's not a universal foundation. It's a particular foundation. It's His. It's His. How did it get to be His? God made it for Him. The sons spared of the curse of their fathers have not an empty, unfounded hope, but one with a divine foundation. The psalmist tells us it is in the holy mountains. What's that mean? Well, a mountain known for its immensity. It's a mountain. A lot of people, I remember seeing the name of a little city. I can't remember the name of it now, but when I lived in Louisiana, they had a little city up there in North Louisiana called Mount something. <laughs> well, there's nothing in Louisiana bigger than a fire ant hill. I can't imagine. That's not a mountain. That's not a mountain. Once you've seen a mountain, its immensity just takes you in. I mean, we were, we were taken out and showed those grand Rocky Mountains up in Montana. And I, I just... I, it's awesome. And and the guy who took us said, uh, just calm down now. I'm a, we're going to go on in. We said, are we all together? We said, no, stop the car. We want to get out. We want to see this. We want to see this. Mountains are known for their size and immensity. They're known for their age and preservation. They don't change. They're known for their unchangeable standing. The wind blows and the frost comes and the freeze and the snow and the earthquakes and yet that mountain stands. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3.11 For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Here's a mountain. And He's the mountain upon which our hope is built. Neither is there salvation in any other, Peter adds, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And in spite of vain babblers whose word eats as a cancer, the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal. God knows them that are His. He's not up here looking. Religion's got God hanging over a banister looking around to see who's going to love Him and who's going to follow Him and who's going to exert their free will. That's not God. God knows them that are His. Why? Because He chose them. He gave them a being. He preserved them. What? My soul, I ought to be dead a hundred times. And so should you. Or why are you still here? God preserved you. That's why. Why am I not going the way of the world? Huh? 
What have you gotten that you haven't received? And if you received it, why do you act like you didn't? Oh, it's a gift of God. Oh. The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. And the blessings of God were all given and wrapped in one package, Christ the Lord. And where Christ is not the foundation, there can never be any hope for sinners. And notice how personal and individual he speaks. His foundation. The sinner spared. And then secondly, the, spe- the sinner spared sings about the gates of Zion. Now Zion's the church, isn't it? Sure it is. Zion is the church. That's God's people. That's his bride. That's his church. And Zion has a gate. It's, it's not a pit, but it's a place that has an opening. It's a place that has a gate. In Genesis 3.24, he draws us a picture. He said, so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned to every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And these cherubims were figurative beings. Ezekiel likens them unto men having the faces of men in their likeness. And yet they had heavenly characters. And God drives out man, yet He leaves him in close proximity. He doesn't drive him away to the land of Nod, but He drives him out in close proximity. And there... He sets these cherubims with a flaming sword to keep the way of the tree of life. What's he talking about? Keeping the way. Keeping it open. That's what he's talking about. Keeping it open. What's the first thing John saw when he looked up into heaven? When the Spirit caught him up, he said, I saw a door open. (laughs) Open door. And here's a flaming sword. The, the way into paradise can only come by a sword. Listen to this. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I'll turn my hand upon the little ones. It will come to pass in that land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I'll bring the third part through the fire, and I'll refine them as silver is refined, and I'll try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I'll hear them. I'll say, it is my people. And they'll say, the Lord is my God. Jehovah took the flaming sword of God's vengeance and plunged it into the heart of his son, and thus he opened the gate of paradise for all those spared of the curse. (laughs) A flaming sword. Psalm 87, 2, The Lord loveth 
the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. You can talk about Jacob's well and all these places. I'll tell you what God rejoices in, the gates of Zion. Christ is the way. He's the door. He's the gate into Zion. God rejoices in His Son. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye Him. And you can, without damage to this passage, interpret the word gates as the gospel or gospel preaching. All true preaching is preaching Christ. The Lord places His local churches where He will and He makes provision for them and, and looks upon their assemblies, but He loves the gates more than the dwelling place. <laughs> huh? What makes this place special? What makes it any different than a place right down the road? The preaching of the gospel. That's what makes it different. And God loves it. He loves it. He loves the declaration of the open door of Zion because by this door His glory is manifested and His purpose will be brought to pass. Sinners spared sing about the gates of Zion. And then thirdly, sinners spared sing of the glorious things spoken of them by God. I bet you never even give that a thought, did you? That old beloved saint John Newton wrote a hymn based on this very verse. Glorious things of thee are spoken, Zion, city of our God. He whose word cannot be broken, formed thee for his own abode. On the rock of ages founded, what can shake thy sure repose? With salvation's wall surrounded, thou mayest smile at all thy hope. Now it's one thing for a man to speak of himself and of his accomplishments and titles and stations, but it's another thing altogether to have God speak something about you. Hast thou considered my servant Job? Huh? Nobody else like him in the earth. Do you ever consider him? Of you, if you're here this morning and you're a believer, God says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Is that a glorious thing? Oh, my soul. Glorious things have God spoken of you. His glorious presence is promised to every spared sinner. All that the Father hath given me, he says, shall come to me, and he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Oh, and then here comes the buts and the ifs. <laughs> there ain't no buts and ifs in this. You come to him, he'll never cast you out. And what a glorious thing this is to a sinner spared, a weak, ignorant, unprofitable man, no, no doubts attached, no reservations to be worried about. And what about this one? 
If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Is that a glorious thing? Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he justified, and whom he justified, them he also did glorify. Isn't that a glorious thing? Who's he talking to? Zion and every member of it. It's a glorious thing for God to speak in words of love to his own. I can hardly believe my ears sometimes when he speaks to me through the scriptures and talks to me about his love. Can God love such a woman as me? Oh, if he does, it's a glorious thing. He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Jacob, have I loved. He said, now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and her brother, Lazarus. He loved them. And John always referred to himself as the disciple whom the Lord loved. There's no end of the glorious things spoken of his church by God himself. And I tell you, if you're a sinner spared, it means something to you. It goes home to you. He's not talking to some vast assembly out there somewhere. He's talking to me. And then fourthly, spared sinners like to sing of the hope for the vilest of sinners. Listen to this, verse 4. I'll make mention of Rahab. They looked at our Lord and that woman washing his feet. They said if he knew who she was. Oh, he knew who she was. He knew what she'd done. But he loved her. He loved her. And she knew. And you know of all those that he preached to and talked to, that was the only woman who really understood that she was anointing him for his death. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll make mention of Rahab, he said. And here he's not necessarily talking about that woman Rahab, although she's included in it, but he's talking about Egypt, whom she represented. And he's telling you his love extended to Egypt, that bunch of rebels that enslaved his people. Yeah, he said, I'll show you something about sinners. I make mention of Rahab. I make mention, listen to this, of Babylon. You know that it tells us in the Scriptures that there's a church in Babylon? Sure does. First Peter 5.13, he mentions the church that is at Babylon elected together with you. And behold, he said, Philistia, is there a greater enemy or one mentioned less 
times than the Philistines, enemies of God. And now he's going to show us something about his mercy and the depth to which that mercy extends. And he said, Philistia. Uh, it says Philip came preaching to Azotus, which is better known as Ashdod, a Philistine city. And Tyre, and Ethiopia. Who can, who is it that don't remember the Ethiopian eunuch? Huh? And then he tells us in Psalm 68:31, it says, Princes shall come out of Egypt and Ethiopia. And they're going to stretch out their hands unto God. Now watch this. This man, what man? This sinner spared, these sons of Korah. This man, this man was born there. He was born there. Of heathen birth, as was Abraham, yet born again in Zion. Does this not stand out a shining example of hope for sinners spared? Why are we the way we are? Because we're born there. Why are we, are, are we the way we are now? Because <laughs> we're born there. <laughs> and then fifthly, the spared sinner sings of a magical birth. And it's magical in the sense that it comes without observation. It's just unexplainable, irresistible, can only be known by those with spiritual understanding. Psalm 87, 5. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. Men and women are born in Zion, are born in his church. Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. That's where we're born. The highest himself shall establish her. How does one know if he's truly born of God? Well, Paul gives us a sixfold explanation in 1 Thessalonians 1. The gospel comes not in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost with much assurance. Those born of God become followers of God's men. They're examples of true faith. Everyone. I don't care how far away he lives. He, he may not know you or the people of this assembly, or but he'll be an example. If God saves him, he'll be an example unto all men. And then fourthly, they're promoters of the gospel of Christ. They all turn to God from their idols and they all patiently wait for God's Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead. Spared sinners sing a song only they have ears to hear. They sing of a hope with a divine foundation. They sing of a heavenly kingdom with an open door. And they sing of the glorious things God has spoken of them. And they sing of a hope for the vilest of sinners. They sing of a magical birth. New creatures. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. A 
And then lastly, spared singers sing of a blessed registry. Look at this, Psalm 87, 6. The Lord shall count. It doesn't matter who I count. The Lord counts. That's what matters. The Lord shall count when He writeth up the people. You know, when everybody in Israel, there was an account taken. Their, their, their families, their roots, everything, it was all documented. And the Lord shall count when He writeth up the people. That this man was born there. And then he gives us this little musical thing that means pause and consider. Consider what he said. There was a church sign I once read during a thing they called Vacation Bible School. And at the end of it, it gave a number of children whom they say were born again. And I had myself made professions of faith and had preachers introduce me to their congregation as one born into the family of God. I did this, I said this, I agreed to this or that, I came to the front, I signed a card, I joined the church, I made a profession of faith, I baptized, and the list goes on. It's endless. But let me tell you what really comes and what really counts to a sinner when God counts. Uh, that's the only thing going to matter in the end. He has a registry. And as He calls sinners to Himself, that registry. And that registry is none other than the the Lamb's book of life, all those chosen of God in Him, they're going to come to Him. The Lord shall count. He tells us in Ezekiel 13.9, My hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of My people Neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel. They're not going to be on the ledger. Neither shall they enter into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God. And every name written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world shall be registered in the church of the living God whom He affectionately calls her. His bride. Not a single soul shall go unaccounted for because the Lord Himself shall count. And beloved, when it comes to the salvation of a soul, it matters very little what men say. What matters is what God says. And the Lord shall count when He writes up His people. Peter tells us to give diligence to make our calling and election sure. And the only way I can have a sure hope is for that hope to be written of God in His Word and written upon my heart by His Spirit. Everything else is speculation. I love this old hymn. He said, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. 
He's laid for your faith in His excellent Word. What more can He say than to you He has said? Huh? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. He, he tells us through His apostles that His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that's called us to glory and virtue. Are you a spared sinner? Are you just a sinner? Spared sinners can sing this song. And they will. They will. Are you a sinner? Are you a miserable fallen son of Adam condemned by the law? Ruined by the fall? Are you such a one that God has spared by His mercy and grace? Oh, then sing this song. Sing it loud. Sing it open. And sing it as unto the Lord. I tell you, when I read the Word of God, I want more than anything to read it just as though God was whispering those things in my ear. Don't you? And when I preach it, I want the same thing. Oh, for God to speak. I hope this morning you heard somebody's voice other than mine. The Lord, you can't. <laughs> and that's what counts.